Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me to discuss the final weekend of regular season fixtures are podcast regulars Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Good morning. Morning, uh, morning Jack. Jack. Amazingly, it was Portsmouth, Portsmouth that ended up winning League Two. Chris, you were at Blundell Park to watch... Um, Argyle take on Grimsby. Was it a disappointing afternoon? Um, a little bit, but I mean, the, the 1,800 um, members of the Green Army were in fantastic voice before the game, during the game and afterwards. And um, I wrote a colour piece for, for online and the paper um, after the game against uh, Grimsby and, and said, you know, there was at the final whistle, there was just this lull where um, Dave Ramsey got some great pictures of Graham Carey and Gary Miller. And if you've read the the online content, you'll have seen some of the pictures and their reaction immediately mm. after the final whistle. And then 10, 15 seconds afterwards, you know, the Green Army just started singing and they're going up and um, I think it really lifted the players. And um, they went off the pitch for a brief period and then came back on again, went to the end where uh, all the away fans had been sat or stood probably more accurately because they stood all afternoon. And... Um, the champagne flowed and they had some good sing, uh, sing-along sing songs and some song about uh, Sonny Bradley that everyone will know about, <laughs> but I won't uh, go into too much detail about. And um, it was great. And yes, tinged with disappointment, you know, with one game to go, you'd love to have seen them win the title, but everyone had a good time after the game and um, and why not? It's been a great season. Uh, congratulations to Portsmouth. They, they came up on the rails 10 wins and a draw in the last 12 games is mm. fantastic oh, going. Yeah. I mean, I, I read one or two comments, people said, oh, Argyle bottled it and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, Argyle's last 11 games were six wins, four draws and a defeat. You know, ordinarily that would have been more than good enough mm. to, um, to to finish. Portsmouth just had an unbelievable run and, um, you know, fair play to them. And down to Goldivers in the end, wasn't it, Baron? We were talking about, a bit about that earlier on. Do you think that makes it a little bit harder? I think over the course of a 46-match season for it to come down to how many goals you scored and conceded is, makes it a little bit more difficult to take, doesn't it? I think if, if you were going to, to lose the title, you'd rather it be by a, by a clear points difference so that you know there wasn't much more you could have done. I think it, it, it does make it a little bit harder, yeah. I mean, goal difference. When you, when you think about all the, the various games over the course mm. of the season where one point here and there would have, would have, would have edged it... I was trying to sort of argue with my, argue that point in my own head and think it works both ways. There, there are some games where Argyle did pick up points where they possibly shouldn't have done and there are others where they probably should and didn't. So I suppose it does even itself out. And like Paul Cooker said to, to the news in Portsmouth over the, the course of a 46-match season, the table doesn't lie. And at the end of it, Portsmouth's defence, as it was, I think was probably the clincher and they, they rightly deserved the title. And they timed it perfectly, didn't they? I think the first time they've been top of the table yeah. all season. Couldn't have paced it any better, could they? So going back to the game on Saturday, Chris, it's a very early goal that Argos conceded. Did head drops after that? Did it take a while for them to get back into it? Yeah, they, they had a very wobbly spell for five or ten minutes afterwards. And why not? Because you're going into the game thinking we're going to try and win this game and uh, and win the title. And within 42 seconds, you're, you're behind. Um, <laughs> far from the ideal start. It's so hard to take, isn't it? And, uh, you know, suddenly they knew they needed at least two goals to, to win the title. Um, second half was, was better. Um, they went more direct as they did against Crew the previous week. Um, Nathan Blissett came on. They played the two up front, and the, the two up front is going to be a debate over the summer and going into next season, and uh, whether Derek Adams will do that, whether he should do that, and that's something that we, I'm sure we'll debate during the uh, the coming weeks. Um, 
and then when Jimmy Spencer came on and got the equaliser with the first uh, with his first touch, you know, you thought one one, half an hour to go. Um, there was only going to be one team scoring another goal in that game. Grimsby did nothing in an attacking sense in the second half. Um, it was just could Argyle come up with a goal and they had a few near misses. Graham Kerry had a free kick tipped over the bar by the keeper. Uh, but they just ran out of time in the end and um, you know it was a much better second half performance. Uh, they kept going to the end. They could have nicked it. wasn't meant to be. And it was Jimmy Spencer who just said next to the goal. Do you think that would be his last goal for Argyle? Do you see him staying? Um, it would be interesting to see the retain list. Um, I should imagine we'll find that out in the not too distant future. Um, he'll be one of those players I would imagine that's on a, a, a one year with a club option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be down to Derek Adams. Uh, you know, when you think earlier in the season, he was he played a, a lot of games, didn't he? he was a regular starter. Um, the decision for Derek Adams is um, how important will he be in a League One campaign? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, Jimmy Spencer. If you're going to judge him on goals, um, you wouldn't offer him a new contract. Mm. If you're going to judge him on the ability to play in that one up front role, bring others into the play, then then you might do. Um, it's always easy to say, or oh, get rid of him and get rid of him and get rid of him. You've got to have replacements in your mind and who you're going to bring them in. What you don't want to do as a manager is you know, get rid of six or seven players and then you can't get, you end up having to bring in players that aren't any better than the ones you've let go. I suppose so, you said it depends on what tactics he's hoping to play next year. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't... lot to think about, isn't there? Yeah, there, there is. There's a, there's a lot to think about in the, in, in, in the summer and, and he will have been doing that for quite a few weeks already as well, Jack. I'm sure he'll enjoy having two months of planet rather than just a <laughs> quick turnaround from last season. I think we're all, all of us, um, players, supporters, journalists, we're all quite glad that there's no playoffs this season and we can uh, have a little bit of downtime but then get ready in July for, you know... The excitement of being in League One, and you know, looking at some of the teams, you know, we've seen the, the, the Championship season end, and we've seen Blackburn coming down, and um, you know, we can see, you know, who might be or might not be getting promoted from League One, who's missing out, you know, we know we're off to uh, to Fleetwood Town, for example, down in Scunthorpe, so um, because they lost in the League One player semi-final, so yeah, it's all beginning to take shape already. And we've had plenty of questions in, so thanks very much to everyone that got in contact. Dave Burns sent a, a number of questions in. One of those was, did Adams get his tactics right in the first half on Saturday? Playing Slew, Miller and Jan at centre-back over Aussie, Sokolik? Well, you know, when you concede after 42 seconds, your you sort of tactics, you know, your you team section goes out the window a bit, doesn't it? Um, you know, Jake Jervis was injured, uh, so that was the reason he didn't play. And, and Jordan Slew is a sort of like-for-like replacement, so I think that was why he went for him. Um, Derek Adams has, has got a lot of trust and faith in Gary Miller. He's he's shown that over the course of the season. Mm. Me personally, I would have had Oscar Threlkeld, but as I always say, Derek Adams' season has been training every day of the week. Mm. You know, and he's picked a team that he thought would go and win a title. Me personally, I'd have had um, Threlkeld in. Um, Jan Songa, I think, has had a good strong finish to the season. It was the one game where he got subbed. Crew, crew, um, and so you know. You know, maybe it was a surprise he um, he he started uh, on Saturday, but he and Bradley have been pretty solid all season. Um, so it's easy second second guess tactics when you know, after a goal's been conceded in forty two seconds. I, I didn't have a problem with the formation. I might just have played Fairgold instead of, of Miller, but you know, I, I didn't have. A, I wasn't surprised that Miller played because um, you know Derek Adams has, has started him in an awful lot of games at right back, and um, you know. Um, 
that's that's how I would uh, look at the team selection. And there's been a few questions asked about Craig Tanner as well. Um, David Manson wanted to know where Tanner was on Saturday, and Dave Burns, another question is from him, is what's Tanner done to fall out of favour with Adams? Baron, do you, do you get any indication from that? Well, unless Chris can correct me on Saturday, I think it's just been a continuation of what's been going on, isn't it? Tanner just hasn't featured in the match day squads. No, it? he hasn't. No, he's, he's, he's dropped out. And, so, yeah, and I suppose he was there, seen... and um, uh, all the squad were there. Uh, but he, he has fallen out. just that. doesn't seem to... We, we don't know the ins and outs of the individual instructions Adams mm. gives each player but it would mm. appear that based on his team selections Tanner isn't quite doing what Adams is asking of him I mean I know he, he got a, a small cameo role away at Colchester mm. didn't he we were quite close to Adams and, and on the touchline at Colchester yeah. and there was one or two moments where you, you were looking at where Argyle were pushing forward for that um, for that goal and, and Tanner just sort of ran into sort of narrow alleys on, on a few occasions lost the ball on two or three occasions when there was a promising attack building mm. and you quickly look over for Adams's reaction you can see a bit of frustration in, in the way he is on the touchline as he will be with any player if they lost the ball but when you sort of really hone in on it there's just probably one or two things that Tanner isn't quite doing right and I mean the flip side of that is, is perhaps Adams is, is trying to focus on those players that he's likely to have next season and maybe giving them a bit more run out and maybe he's already made up his mind about Tanner and knows that he's going back and in the long term, Argyle have got nothing to gain from, from playing Craig Tanner. So have you been surprised to see him sort of drop off the radar at all? Or I think so. I mean, Chris has said a few times in the last few weeks that he expected Tanner would, would come in and mm. score a few important goals because he's that type of player. We, yeah. David Monday and I were looking at the goal of the season contenders yesterday. You remember Tanner scored a good goal at Luton, didn't he? I mean, mm. that, that proved to be a very important goal. Yeah, and, uh, So he, he has got the ability to pop up, hasn't he? And you yeah. asked him, didn't you ask him after that Luton game about yeah. what it was like to be that sort of player that's yeah. in and out? Yeah, and he said, you know, when I get my chance, I've got to take it mm. and, and, and what have you. I, I just think there's been some games that Craig hasn't, in, in the second half of the season, he's, he's had a chance, he's got a start in place, he's come mm. on as a sub. And he hasn't really made the most of the opportunity. It was that Tuesday night um, game he started, wasn't it? And that felt like his yeah. last chance. And uh, you know, Cambridge, he's he's a good player. There's no no doubt about that. He's he's done well for Argyle after two seasons. Uh, over the two seasons he's been there, I, I just think that he hasn't kicked on and improved mm. as as much as he would have hoped. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's he he hasn't been able to add some extra dimensions to his game. Derek Adams has a set style of play. Um, you know, Dave Burns, uh, good question, thank you, Dave. You know, said Craig Tanner's got a better statistical player than the likes of Slough and Spencer. But I think what Jordan Slough in particular and Jimmy Spencer have been able to do is that they've been able to fit into the style of play and the way that Derek Adams wants them to play. So that when Jake Jervis was out of the team on Saturday, Derek Adams felt more comfortable to put Jordan Slough in there than Craig Tanner. Craig, there's no reason why Craig Tanner couldn't have played that role, but there Adams feels that he's more... Managers rely on trust a lot when it comes to selection, and, and can I put this player in, can he do the job that I want him to do? And he clearly feels that Jordan Slew is a better bet on, Saturday, on Saturday than Craig Tanner. So that's, that's, you know, it's a difficult one. I always come back to, we all have opinions on team selections, and we all sort of go, well, shouldn't so-and-so have played and so-and-so have played? But the manager does have the best overview because he sees yeah. every training session, every game. He knows, you know, we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes, injuries. Uh, I think, you know, Tanner was certainly carrying a little bit of a knock earlier in the season. You're just never quite sure what's what's going on behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame that if Craig Tanner's time at Argyle ends, it's sort of ended on this sort of slight lull. Mm. 
But if you look at it over the two seasons, he, he's been a really good uh, I, I, I contributor. And I, you know, let's be honest, I, I don't expect him to be at Arsenal next season. And he'll be remembered uh, fondly by the Green Army. Yeah, yeah, I think he's quite happy with what he's done as well. We, I, we chatted to him after the, the Newport game. Um, Chris grabbed Oscar and I grabbed Craig, and we had a little chat there. And I put it to him, you know, how hard it has, been, has it been for him to have playing in and out of the reserves, going to the Peninsula League and playing. And you know, this is mm. officially a Championship footballer you know, at Reading, and um, that was a bit of a step down to go down to the Peninsula League. But he's, he's mucked in. And I think when he was reflecting in quite a philosophical way, when he looks back on what he wanted to get out of a loan spell at another club was to play a lot of games yeah. in a good team and be successful. He's played at Wembley yeah. in a lot in front of a lot of people. Correct me if I'm wrong, he's played at least 70 starts, mm. over 80 towards 90 appearances. I don't know what more what more, Nick, he could, what more could else have he wanted from two years. Liverpool, yes, um, got promoted, nearly was part, and nearly lifted the trophy. So he's, 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 he's had a very good two years. Yeah, and he'll end up at a good club next season. There's no doubt about that. And and just looking at the league two as a, from a neutral point of view, it's fascinating viewing playoffs, relegation, yeah. title, lot to decide for there. I mean. Good effort for Easy Football on the weekend. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Goal Rush was, was certainly worth watching on um, on Saturday night. I was I was indisposed on Saturday, and I um I, I came to the results all quite late on and, and didn't follow the drama blow by blow. But um, some cracking results weren't there. I you mean, said you were shocked when you saw that Pompey had won the league. I just can't believe it. I mean, I'm sure Chris has got his own opinion on it as well. But I mean, when you, when you saw those three scenarios on Saturday, you thought if Argyle, God forbid, drop some points and don't get it done, surely Doncaster, after choking for so many weeks in a row, would go to Hartlepool. And do the job in front of the television audience, and then they drop points as well. And good old Portsmouth for doing their bit and sticking six past Cheltenham. I mean, it's it's incredible how, how it's how it's it's come together. Um, and of course, the the, the playoffs um, as they were, weren't they? And then because Carlisle and Blackpool both won, that was sort of done and dusted. Um, and you know, Michael Flynn. I mean, I cannot believe the quality job he's done there. That's I mean, fantastic, isn't he? Yeah. If longevity wasn't a sort of um, um, what's the word sort of part of the specification for being manager of the year so if you're looking at over a very sort of small period Michael Flynn what a performance 11 points from safety yeah, a lot of people had them dead and buried to maybe. keep them up yeah. I can't believe that without yeah. a transfer window as well I mean he did it with the players he had yeah great stuff I mean and, and just going back to Argo again Chris we spoke to Derek Adams after the game was he physically deflated or was he as composed as he normally is no he was no, no real difference there was, a, there was a lot going on after the game and he, he did quite a few interviews and yeah I think he was he took the, the balanced, sensible opinion that yes, it was a bit disappointing, but you know, if you'd offered uh, all of our fans at the start of the season they'd finish uh, second in the table, they would have taken that, and of course we would. So, um, um, so no, he was he was his, his usual self. I think, uh, understandably, he's looking forward to a break. You know, he, mm. he didn't have much of a break last summer, mm. um, so um, a, a bit of time away from home park and, and football and recharge his batteries won't do him any harm at all. But like I say. Knowing him as I do, I'm sure he's already got lots of players' names, new signings, names running around in his uh, in his mind. And even when he's on a break, I suspect that his phone might be, still be fairly busy with uh, agents and players getting in contact. And we've had some more questions. Uh, one from Richard Sloman here. It's because it's not just Derek Adams, is it? That's, mm. that's you know d- mm. achieved with our goal. Part of that team is Craig Brewster, and um, Richard Sloman says. What part do you think Craig Bruce has played in Argo's success? He seems to be under the radar, but Derek obviously rates him very highly. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. I mean, uh, when, when you look at him on the touchline, he's, he's very animated, Craig Bruce. He's, he's giving a lot of instructions. He's talking to a lot of the players. I notice that he's always the last man off the pitch at half-time and full-time. He will be the one that goes out, and mm-hmm. he seems to be the motivator. You know, he, he, he's patting every player on the back as they come off, shaking their hands, win, lose, or draw. He seems to be quite close to the players and almost a bit like a father figure because he, he is 
clearly a lot older than Adams, Watton, the rest of the, the playing staff. So I think he, he has that experience. So I'd imagine Adams calls upon that quite regularly in private, especially. Brewster is more experienced and will be a good sounding board for Adams. Uh, but, but during the match, you can you can see he does play a role. He's he's a motivator. And and as well, they're all quite vocal, aren't they? All three of them are. Yeah. Uh, you obviously don't know what what goes on in private, but I think he, he certainly does deserve a lot of credit. Fantastic. And Dave Burns, uh, another question here. I would love to see a new outfield coach come into the coaching setup next season with a fresh set of eyes and any ideas to help Adams and Co. Thoughts, Chris? Do you see any expansion to the backroom staff? No, no. I think everything's fine as it is. Just being promoted. Uh, you've got a good manager. Uh, as Baron says, the uh, number two, Craig Brewster, who's a, a good sounding board and seems to have a good uh, partnership. And then you've got sort of club legend, uh, you know, learning his trade as a manager of the future as the first team coach. Um, no, can't see any reason why you'd want to change it, to be honest. Why change it when you form it? Absolutely. And, and Bernie, if you look at the season as a whole, there's been a lot of highs this year, far more highs than lows. Mm. And even though possibly some disappointment on the final day, the main aim at the start of the season was promotion, and I've got to achieve that. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you would hope over time, um, Saturday will sort of diminish in the memory and it'll be focused more on the season as a whole, like you say, Jack. They've gone up second, they've, they've only lost the top spot on goal difference, they've drawn twice with the, with the champions. So you'd have to look at it in a very good season and uh, Paul Cook reflected on that as well in his own um, post-match interview. He said that Adams has done an absolutely fabulous job this season and we should not take it for granted that he rebuilt that side last mm -hmm. summer. He's brought together 20-odd players with the right character. Graham Carey said it to Chris again on Saturday that it's not just the quality of player, it's the characters that Adams brought in. and It's a group that have stuck together through thick and thin all season, like you say, more highs than lows. But to get the job done and finally get back into League One, it does feel like they're sort of back on their way, doesn't it? And um, there's a question from Simon from Tavistock and Gary Palmer asking about styles. We talked about this a fair amount. Hmm. I mean, that Gary Palmer specifically said, "Do you think Argyle will have a chat? Sorry, have to change their style of play at home next season to be more consistent? Teams in League One will be better equipped than Luton, Grimsby, and Blackpool to expose Argyle at home park. You cannot rely on our away form next season. Could new signings help with this, Chris? I know you've." We've talked before, and mm. the home form isn't as bad as a lot of people tend to think it is. No, I mean, I was just checking again this morning just to make sure I'm, I'm speaking with a bit of uh, fat behind it. But, you know, Argyle have got the fourth best home record this season. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, a pretty decent uh, total. And it, they had the fourth best home record last season as well. Mm. And they've actually had one more home win this season than they did last season. Okay. So... I'm not sure that you know, I'd consider 25 home league wins in two seasons poor form, to be honest. Um, I think there's a trend in football, and I think you can look through the tables, that teams are doing better away from home. Teams are more inclined to be organised, disciplined, go away from home and play on their counter-attack. I think that's a thing that you see more and more football. I think it, people seem to, to think that you're going to win 20 home game, league games in a season. That, that doesn't happen. Um, I'm not saying Argyle haven't played brilliantly at home all, all season. You know, they had that run where, you know, Lake Norwich, Notts County, Blackpool, where they didn't play well. They have had games where they've struggled. Mm. But I, I don't think Argyle have had poor home form. Um, will they have to change their style of play at home next season? I, I don't think they will. I mean, Derek Adams is 41. He's had three promotions on his CV already. Two league titles with Rush County. Nearly a first. A runners-up to Portsmouth, who 
you know, all congratulations to Portsmouth, but their wage budget will be way bigger than Argyle's, right? So, and Argyle have finished level on points with them after 46 games and only lost out on goal difference. Mm. Now, you look at it like that, and it, what, why would he change his tactics? He will look to improve the squad, and hopefully with better players. Mm. Better players tend to be more consistent, and then the team performance becomes more consistent. Um, you know, we, you know, it's worth bearing in mind that this is the fourth division of English football that Argyle have been in, and the players are very good. They've had a fantastic season, but one of the reasons they're playing in League Two is because they aren't as consistent as players at a higher level. So I suppose that's a very long, rambling way. Sorry, Jack, of saying I don't think the home form is is the problem that that some people have, have made it. Yes, they have had they have put in some poor performances, but I think. With the tactics, same tactics, with one or two better players, I, I, I can't see it changing too much, to be honest. Fantastic. Um, Dave, so another one sent in a, a question here. Graham Carey's off on his holiday, which is well-deserved, but will his delay in possibly signing a contract sooner rather than later affect Adam's transfer targeting? He's quoted a bit from mm. the piece you've done with the Herald's Chris saying, I don't think there'll be anything about his future for at least a few weeks. Yeah, I mean... Graham Carey said all the right things after the game on Saturday. He was very respectful of the club, uh, the manager in particular for what he's done from over the last few years. And the fans, I mean the fans were singing we want you to stay, we want you to stay afterwards was he, when he was doing his interviews. He, he said all the right things. I'd be surprised though if there haven't been conversations of some mm. state or another. Maybe not officially but some sort of conversation as to how the wind's blowing, what's likely to happen. Now... Um, you know, I think you know nearly everyone would like to see Graham Carey stay. Um, I think if a Championship club comes in for him, which you couldn't rule out, I think it's unlikely he'll be at Argyle next season. If it's just League One clubs, and there might be some good League One clubs in there, then I think Argyle have got a chance because he he I think he does genuinely like it in Plymouth. He likes it at Argyle. He likes playing for Derek Adams. Mm. He likes having the, the support of the fans. Who wouldn't? I mean, there's 2,000 people singing his name saying we want you to stay. Who's not going to like that? Definitely. Um, but if we're looking at it brutally, honestly, if a championship club is there and wants to take him, I, I can only see one outcome. Especially with his age as well. You know, he's, he's not the youngest in terms of footballing. He's got a family. He's got a family. You know, he, he needs to be thinking about his future. So, um, but, you know, if 100 appearances... For Argyle, 27 goals, some crackers along the way. Um, you know, I, I think you know he, he deserves to go away. He's had a hectic two years. Mm. Go away, let his agent assess what interest is out there. Then he can come back from his holiday. This is what your options are, yeah. and then he consider it. But I still go back to the way I started. That I'm, I'm sure that Derek Adams has got, you know, a plan A. If 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 Grand Kerry stays, great. If not, he'll have fallback options. Yes. Anthony Sarsovich, don't forget. I, I could quite easily see, if Graham Carey went, I could quite easily see Anthony Sarsovic with a good full pre-season under his belt playing almost exactly where Graham Carey's done this season. So there's one replacement option before yeah. we've even thought about other new signings. And sticking just briefly on Graham Carey, Richard O's got in contact from Nigeria. He's um, said, since we did not win the title, does that mean Graham Carey will stay on to help us win the League <laughs> One title? Thank you for the question, Richard, and your, your interest from Nigeria, but um, in short, no. <laughs> um, I don't think not winning the League 2 title means he'll stay on to win League 1 because if Argyle were to win League 1 next season then 
I don't know what to say about that. It's just <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? No. He's, he's done his bit. He's, he, he stayed this year and got Argyle promoted, and, uh, and, and, and good on him for doing that. I don't think anybody's going to be would begrudging that move, would they, Chris? I think no. unless it was a League One club of similar standing, which we couldn't before see, that would be the only circumstance mm-hmm. I would see where people would be a little bit miffed at him moving on. And as always, this is fans will start talking about transfer speculation. Yes. So we've had a few questions about that. Stephen Mills, Ross Moses and Dave Burns have all asked questions about transfers. But Dave Burns asked a particularly nice question that got, got us all thinking. If you could take three players from other League Two sides that are not going up this year, who do you think you could who could do a job in League One? I've got my three, but we'll start with you, Baron. Who, who, uh... Oh, I haven't read the question properly. I've picked out three players and uh, one of them's definitely going up and another one may be going up. <laughs> You're <laughs> cheating a little bit. The now. one that isn't going up is Johnny Kindy. Um, I'm sure you two may well say some things about Johnny Kindy, but I can't think of a, a better striker in League Two, more suited to Derek Adams' tactics. Mm. Um, uh, again, I mean, uh, this is if money was no object, isn't it? So, yes, um, yeah. The other two I was going to say were going to be Ender Stevens at Portsmouth and Cameron McGeehan at Luton, but it looks like they might be going up. So Gavin Massey's probably one that I throw in there. He impressed me a lot at Leighton. He's a bit of a wild card choice. May not be consistent enough at League One to do a job there, but he was somebody who definitely stood out for me. Chris? Um, well, they, they might still go up, but Brad Potts at Blackpool and, and Nicky Adams at, at, at Carlisle are two, two good players. They might end up getting promoted with their teams, but they're, they're very talented midfield players. If I could take three players, what I'd do is I'd just take one player and use all the money I'd have used for the other three <laughs> on one player, and that's John Akindi. Because yeah. Barron is absolutely right. Yeah. I cannot What's think of somebody better suited playing that one up front role within sort of reasonable players that you might expect Argyle to have any sort of chance of getting yeah. I mean uh, if you stuck him up front um, scores as well. Uh, up front in that main striker role I, I think he'd be brilliant so yeah I'd I'd put all my uh, eggs in one basket yes. I think yeah. he's also on my list which comes as no surprise because we've all spoken about yeah, him before yeah. and we're, we're all shocked he's, he's still not got that much somewhere the other two that I picked, Gavin, Gavin Massey and yeah. Aaron Pierre from Wickham, I think yeah. he's a fantastic yeah, centre-back. Alongside Sonny Bradley, I'd quite like to see that in League One. Cool. Yeah, that, that would be quite good, actually. I, think yeah. maybe, I, I could maybe see Pierre get that move this summer. I think, I think him and Ainsworth have gotten quite well, but I yes. think Ainsworth and him have came to the agreement that if they couldn't get up this year, I think Pierre could be moving on as well. So he may go to the Championship or a, or a, be interesting uh, to see, wouldn't it? A well-placed League One side, yeah. Fantastic. And talking about signings, Michael W, which I'm, I'm assuming could be Michael Wanderley, who's a regular contactor with um, Argyle Chat, has said, should Deck Adams sign another goalkeeper who can significantly push Luke McCormick now Argyle in League One? Does, do you think Darrell McCallum will do that job? Um, well, I mean, at the start of the season, people were saying that Vincent Darrell should be playing in, in the team instead of Luke McCormick. Some people. Um, so, I don't see what's changed. Um, we, I, I was talking to Derek Adams about Vincent Darrell and Mark McCallum, the, the other goalkeeper in there. Other ranks, and, and he gave them credit, both of them, for, for the way they've trained, the way they've pushed Luke McCormick in training. He, he thought that Luke McCormick's had a better season this season, which is uh, backed up by the fact that Luke's got in the PFA League Two Team of the Year. Um, uh, it's up to Durrell and, and McCallum to a degree because you know Luke McCormick, for me, is, is the clear first choice and he will be next season. And De Vincent Durrell and Mark McCallum see their you know, next season possibly panning out like this season had, which is not playing much for the first team. Um, but should they sign him out? If, if Vincent Durrell uh, and Mark McCallum are happy to stay, then I, I don't see any reason to, to change it's it. A, it's a wage, isn't it? And a lot, you see a lot of people leave it, and they drop down to National League and possibly things aren't as good. The, the, the knack is to try and find goalkeepers that, that do provide competition for Luke McCormick, 
but you're not spending too much money on it because, there are, let's face it, Luke is a good goalkeeper. Luke will be one of the best goalkeepers in League One next season, in my opinion. So I don't think you need to be wasting too much of your limited resources on a, on a, a really good backup goalkeeper who might not actually end up playing. Yeah, it's put hard that to find money who's willing to sell the bench. Yeah, put that money towards areas of the squad that you really need. Fantastic. And just finally, obviously there's that smaller thing of a promotion parade later today. And Baron, you'll be right in the thick of it, yes. covering events for the Herald. Um, what should we be looking out for from yourself and from the Herald later today? Yeah, so we're going to be en masse at Home Park later. Um, so the, the, the buses will set out from Home Park at around about 6pm. I'm sure everybody's been bored with all the details now, but they're setting out from 6pm. We'll have had some interviews on camera um, with uh, a range of players. We've been told that we'll be available before the buses depart, so we'll have some coverage of those ready to be put onto our Facebook page. We'll be broadcasting live from one of the buses, so we'll be in the lead bus in the parade, and we'll be looking back uh, with live Facebook coverage of the parade as it happens. So we'll be, be looking back onto the bus with the players, bringing you the images as they happen, mm -hmm. uh, as they, as they pro proceed through Plymouth. Uh, and then after the parade itself is finished, we'll be up at Council House as well. We'll be bringing coverage from the, the fans, from the heart of the action, and also on the balcony at Council House. So if you can't make it for whatever reason, or you may not be in Plymouth, or you may not be in the country, or even on the right continent, yes. uh, but you can, you can log on to the Herald's Facebook page, and we'll bring you all absolutely live as it happens. And, and do you know, will it be on the Argo Facebook page, or the Herald Facebook page? Where should people I don't go? think we can't work it out yet, but I imagine... I imagine It'll be on the, the main Plymouth Herald page, won't it? So if you, if you go type Plymouth Herald into Facebook, you'll find it, and we'll be there live from quarter to six, six o'clock. So people can keep an eye out that. That was, that was John, the producer, making his debut on the podcast. <laughs> 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 you, can, you can hear him nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Waving in front of your face. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we're planning to keep doing the web chats throughout the summer. Um, we've been all very impressed with the questions that fans have been sending in. Yeah, thanks very much, everyone. Thanks. It's, it's really been good to get the feedback, and I think it's worked quite well. So the plan is to carry on each Monday, and I'm sure there'll be always plenty of Keep getting in touch. Yeah. yeah, get in touch. The more questions we can get, the easier it will be for us. So, yeah, uh, yeah thanks very much so for we'll keep going. There'll be, there'll be different guests because people will be going on holidays yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. um, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks for joining us. We are always happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.